Hey there, everybody. Welcome in. It is time for the 285th episode of Three Guys Before the Game. This is the Darius Stills and Boar Hunt Recap Show. <laughs> Looking forward to that. For those of you that are watching our video, you may be wondering, yeah, I can see his torso. Does he still have his shins? That's the big question. <laughs> you just don't know, do you? We'll get into that a little bit later on. Dave Whitaker of Warriors in the Field, who brought me down for the boar hunt, will join us, and he will provide an independent narrative of the weekend hunt appreciate you bringing a witness it's strong (laughs) three guys before the game is brought to us by burdette camping the only rv warranty forever dealer in the state of west virginia that means when you buy it the warranty is forever they're located in winfield visit them at burdettecamping.com and they've been in business for over 40 years you don't last nowadays for 40 days if you don't do an extremely good job and Burdette Camping's been 40 years plus, so check them out at BurdetteCamping.com. Our special guest on this episode of Three Guys Before the Game is Fairmont's own, West Virginia's own, All-American Darius Stills, and he joins us here on, as we record, the eve of the NFL Draft. Darius, thank you so much for being with us, and uh, we do appreciate your time. How's everything going? Everything's going well. I appreciate you guys having me on the show. It's our pleasure. It's our pleasure. So, a bunch of different ways we can go with this thing, but obviously the first thing that is on everyone's mind now as we get close to the selection uh, of the NFL, and that's the draft. And I'd love to first kind of throw it your way. What was your plan once you finished playing in the Liberty Bowl up to this point now, what was your desire, conditioning, and training-wise? What did you want to do, and, and have you been successful in accomplishing those goals? Yeah, I just, honestly, just from the, my plan was just get better, you know, physically, lean out, gain more muscle, and just get faster, bigger, stronger. Because in the NFL, everybody's everybody's good, so you gotta just separate yourself by working hard. And uh, I've done that. I was down in Florida for the last two months before pro day, and I. Uh, just working on my 40, really get all the pro day drills. And other than that, I was been up here at the pro day, just kind of working out and waiting for the draft. You said you wanted to lean out. So how did you lean out? What were you? What's body fat? What was it? What is it? So leaning out is where you you turn the body fat you have in the muscle. So what I did was they put us on a meal plan the whole time we was in Florida, which helped us out a lot because you know working out is a lot of it, but really work. Eating right is ninety percent of it. So they they put us on a meal plan, and they help. That's what's really helping us all change our bodies. All right. So all three of us here are just getting real soft. So give us one food tip that you've learned in this leaning out world that you'll carry with you in the future that maybe could help us. I would say just eating more greens. You know, a lot of times where people, you know, the greens don't look too good on a plate, but. It's the best for you. So that's what I've learned this whole time is just eat your greens and, and that'll all work out. Oh, yeah. That, well, that, I, that, that doesn't help me. That's not good. I'm not going to be able to follow that. Darius, that doesn't help me. That's not good. I'm not going to be able to follow that. I, I can't imagine how big, Darius, how many greens you have to eat Three to fill you up. We had, so, so our each meal was, it really wasn't equivalent to a meal, but it was enough to like get you a little full. Sometimes I would eat double, but, you know, most of the time I'd eat one. 
See, that's a good tip. You, Tony, you and I do not follow what he just said. We got really eat enough bad to, portion. That, that was a good one. Yeah. That might be his tip. Portion? Eat enough to get full yeah. to go to the next meal. Tony and I eat each meal as if it's our last meal. <laughs> yeah, you're on death row. Every meal for us is like death row. Yeah, like There's I'm never going to get that again. Give me 19 yeah. pieces of taffy because I'll never see it again. <laughs> I need help with that. I do. So that's a good tip, Darius. You gave us, gave us two there. Yeah. Th- listen, this is a this has been a weird year in a lot of different ways, and we've spent months talking about how different it is, but it's made this NFL evaluation process a little bit different too. Walk us through how that's been for you, how many teams you've met with, and I assume not many in person, if any, they've all been via Zoom calls. Is that right? Yeah, that's right. So, because, you know, COVID year, they did a lot of things differently. Instead of, you know, me going out visiting teams or facilities, we would do a lot of Zoom meetings and a lot of, uh, you know, FaceTime phone calls, stuff like that, so they get type know type player I am. They, 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 they've seen the film. They just want to see what, what personality they're going to bring into the room. So, but really, I think I feel like it's been easier just with you know having the Zoom calls to flying out places because I've had a lot of calls. I've talked to about twenty teams, and they all they all like me. They just nobody just knows who they're going to draft because all to the GMs and everything like that. But they all like me and just we're just waiting to see where I end up. You don't have to name names here necessarily, but in those twenty conversations, were they normal interview type questions with you? Were there any weird ones? Did you get off any of those and go, well, that that ain't going to work. That was bizarre. See, I never had any weird, bizarre questions. It was kind of all like, so there's like phases of the process where like they, they first start calling and they're like, okay, well, you're on our board. You know, we like you a lot. What type of player, uh, what type of athlete do I think I am? Really just trying to pick pick my brain a little bit. And then as the process started to go on a little bit longer, we got to a little bit more personal conversations on just really just catching up, seeing how like, the person I am, normal, little normal conversation. And now ever since the draft is tomorrow, we just been kind of just Eli coast have been chatting regularly, like we're kind of just gaining a relationship. So it's just really just getting closer in relationship as the time goes on. Darius, with with that kind of interest, clearly your hopes are up for this NFL draft. But you don't know what's gonna happen. So do you have have you thought about a backup plan in case this doesn't work out? Yeah, so I went to school to be a counselor and a therapist. So, you know, I know football's not forever. So you gotta have to have my backup plan when you're done. That's what I'm gonna do. So you know, I want to be a coach, but if I decide to go down a different path, I definitely counsel or a therapist. Yeah, um, you've always had it in a perspective, and I would imagine, Darius, the emotions that you've got to be feeling right now. Let, let's let's kind of walk this thing through, right? So everyone knows the story about your dad as an NFL player. Obviously, you grew up looking up to him, seeing what he did, saying, you know, one day I'd like to play in the NFL as well. So I would imagine like all of the years of work right now, like you're at this absolute moment of, you know, decision. So I would imagine there's a tons of tons and tons of thoughts that are going through your head right now. Oh, tons. Every every day, all day. I'm, I'm thinking about the draft you know, each day. It was like a week. And, people, you know, just people going through this process will agree with me. But really, I'm just – Whoever team I end up, I'm gonna be excited, and uh, I'm just ready to get rolling. I'm ready. My whole, like my whole life, I've been training for this, and not knowing if it was gonna be guaranteed or not. But I just kept working, working hard. So now it's finally here, and it's still so surreal. And I'm just excited to see where I end up. I ran into your dad, or should I say, he ran into me in the parking lot after the spring game on Saturday. And a th- couple things always hit me with him. Number one. 
he has hands that are, are gi- absolutely gigantic. And he gave me a hug, and he is still an absolute solid rock. But one of the things he told me was that you are using the same agent that he had. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, so his, so his, our, my, my um, agent's called, his name is Brian Levy. He, he was my dad's agent when he was going through this whole process. And, and uh, Dante, you know, he tried to get Dante as well. But really, it's crazy because he, he uh, Brian definitely thinks it's so surreal also that he gets a chance to represent me along with possibly my brother, and he did represent my dad. So he, it's definitely a good time, like a good uh, time for him also. And what is he advising you? What is he telling you? What are well, How is he setting the table up here? Really just he, he knows how I feel about everything. So he's really just trying to teach me to keep my level head and just be a man. You know, there's a lot of things going into this world that I don't know. There's going to be a lot of surprises. There's going to be a lot of setbacks. Hopefully not, but there's just being real. He's trying to teach me how to prepare for everything. So that's that's why I'm grateful to my dad for that. And how about once the once the moment comes and, and well, let's talk about that first. What are your plans? Is this draft? It's it's we keep talking about. It starts tomorrow. That's the first round that happens tomorrow. It continues on Friday and Saturday. What are your plans over the next few days? Are you going to sit? Are you a guy that that watches every pick in this draft? Are you going to go do something else and just wait till your phone rings? How do you do this? So for me, you know, I've, I've, I've always, you know, every draft leading up to this one, I've been, I watched the first round, and I'll sit there and watch it. But um, really, just it, it's going to be a long mental mental process for me. So I'm gonna take breaks every once in a while. I'm gonna go outside, you know, clear my head. Uh, but day two, day three is where I'm gonna be glued to the TV because you never know when you're gonna get picked. And I know, as of right now, I'm a first round pick, so I, I know that. So I'm just gonna chill. And uh, the first, well, first day I'm gonna chill. Then the next couple of days, is really, where I'm gonna be glued to the TV. Do you think we'll hear it first from the NFL or from your mom yelling it? <laughs> <laughs> I think I think you heard my mom first. I, I think so too. I think it'll resonate up and down I seventy nine first. <laughs> oh yeah, definitely. Your mom has been so special uh, in all of this. Could you kind of give us a little bit of her take and her insight and her guidance to you over this period of time? Oh, you know, you know my, my my mom's story. You know, she's with us since day one, kind of fighting breast cancer, still taking us to recruiting, and really just being the best mom that anybody can really ask for. And she's she's it's definitely an emotional uh, time for her as well, knowing that all the hard work that I've done is paying off, but also just the hard work she's done is paying off as well. So it's really an emotional time for her. She's happy. She's excited. She's all these feelings are going on in her head, just like they are, like they're going in mine. When you look at your WVU career, did it go by at a speed that you thought it would, or did it go by much faster? Uh, it went so much faster. You know, as a freshman, you're like, dang, I got four years of this. But really, those four years happened in a blink of an eye. And I'm just, my whole experience has been amazing. And I had nothing I could take back from it. So I just, I'm glad my experience at West Virginia went the way it did. And I, couldn't, I wouldn't change anything at all. I realize you didn't go to school 3,000 miles away from where you grew up, so it's you, you were close to Fairmont the whole time. I get it. But as, you, as you've been back over the last couple of days and, and went to see Coach Bardick in the weight room and you walked along the field there a little bit, we've seen the video of that, and, and, and just say, taking what you said right there, how fast it went, what did you think there when you walked into that Fairmont uh, senior locker room? I, there's a lot of feelings going in because, you know, I always look at a lot of, you know, college athletes that played at Fairmont Senior come through the locker room, and I just look at them like, dang, they're, they're there where they are. That's amazing. You know, hopefully I get there one day. And, you know, I'm about to go play in the NFL, and I just know them kids are looking at me the same way I looked at the guys whenever I was younger. So it's definitely, it's, it's definitely crazy just having a whole other perspective on it. And 
sisters. I, I, I you know, in that video, I helped out the kids because uh, he was a guy was doing a technique a little, a little different. I helped him out with that, and they just loved it. So, really, just being able to come back, it, it, it meant a lot. You have had had the benefit of playing for, I guess, the benefit of playing for two different coaching staffs, and uh, the last two years for Neil Brown. I mean, what what difference do you see? Neil Brown Neil Brown talks about trusting the climb. I talked to him the other day on. Um, on the radio and he said that he's building the culture compare the differences of the of the football administrations and what do you see now as you can look back on these last couple of years you know when I was, whenever i was a freshman through senior well not senior but freshman through you know sophomore year i really didn't understand yeah you got to build a brotherhood and a weight room the locker room in order to be successful and when coach brown came in he really emphasized that we the first year we'd go on a lot of team bonding trips so we can all get to know each other a little better and that really helped us helped us out getting to know everybody, and we all started to love everybody. And our defense, you know, our defense uh, backed that up because this is the way we are as people. But it definitely just being able to build like a brotherhood with the team, and because uh, my first two years really wasn't close to anybody, the culture was just whole different. But when Coach Brown came in, it definitely changed the culture a lot and for the better. You've been talking with NFL people and player personnel people, so now I'm going to let you be the player personnel guy for WVU football and the GM at the same time. So obviously there's been some losses on the defense. Obviously you're the anchor of it all, but uh, Tyke's gone. Dre Sean Miller's gone. A couple of other guys are gone. You know, the other guys that are coming in, you saw Scotty Young during practices at times last season. Give me uh, give me your scouting report on WVU's defense this coming season. And of course your brother <laughs> playing a huge part of that as well. What do you think yeah. they have? Yeah, they got they got weapons at every level. You know, despite of losing a lot of a lot of people, there's a lot of people that wanted to step up and wanted to play. So, you know, just going into the season, just expect that not to that defense not to miss a beat because everybody that's playing now earned that role and they love this program and they're going to play. They're all for this program. So, just I don't expect anybody to to miss a beat, and I expect Dante to be the leader, and which he will, mm-hmm. and he's going to do a really good job at it. We talked earlier, Darius, before we came on the air about about your career arc at, at West Virginia, where you came in, and you've talked about this a bunch, where you came in with a chip on your shoulder, feeling you needed to prove yourself, and it, it didn't take long before Tony Gibson told us both publicly and off the air, said, uh, you know, man, Darius is really popping in some of these practices. Darius still is going to be pretty good. Obviously, he was right. You end up walking out of WVU as a consensus All-American. Do you still have the chip, and do you feel like an NFL career may look similar from a career arc standpoint as it did at West Virginia? Yeah, for sure. You know, just the way I like, the way I am is I'm never satisfied with anything, so I just will continue to work hard, and, you know, I just got to just get my feet wet a little bit, see what it's like, and then once I get used to everything, there's definitely gonna, everything's going to take off. So I'm expecting to have a very successful NFL career. If you could go back – and get one clean shot ooh, ooh, at, ooh, ooh, at one ooh, offensive player. Ooh. Who would it be? I got an idea. I bet you I know where he goes with this. Where are you going? Darius? Did we lose him? Lost him. Did we lose him? No. The question knocked you, him out. You did. You knocked you're the only guy that's able to stop Darius Stills. Yeah, yeah we lost did. him. We lost him. Lost him. How about that? But it we, was. We, uh, didn't, I didn't. I, we didn't get to ask about the interception. Well, I want to ask about that second. diving. Oh interception. yeah. I'm not going to give up on him. Yeah. Hang on. You guys just right. chatter. Well, I don't know why you make him name a name there. You might see one of those guys again. 
I mean, white. Well, but come on, but, but you, you know that there's somebody that he might to say, yeah, there's a guy. I just want to find out who it is. I mean, they talk about, I appreciate the love, and I know they're building that, but there's always a guy, right? <laughs> that you want. Which team do you think he uh, got up the most for? Oh, the, we, the, we need the, to ask him that. The, the, you know, the, the better teams, right? I mean, the Oklahomas and the Texases and those teams, don't you think? Well, I would think, but maybe there was, you never know, you get a little offensive lineman trash talk, you get a little quarterback trash talk there. Yeah. The, you know, I, I wonder, Brad, that, and, and clearly he has high expectations, and I, I really hope that he's, that he's not disappointed. Uh, it's, it's, it's so different at that level. And it's a business, and there aren't any loyalties, and uh, how difficult is it going to be? for him or anyone else that's drafted in a lower round oh, to make a team. It's incredibly difficult. I mean, that's the thing. The fact if, if, if he's drafted, if he's not drafted and makes a team, just getting to this point, yeah. it's ridiculous. I mean, you've seen a lot of guys that have been highly productive in college that, that can't get through to the next level. It is really, really hard. But I'm anxious to see him. I mean, he brings a different skill set to that interior defensive line, right? A little more mobile, a little more athletic than sometimes you see those interior guys. I'm efforting. You're efforting? Efforting right. to try to get a hold the, of him here. And, and, and also, Brad. Oh, wait. Phone ringing. We, I mean, we're on the fly. Podcast. Yeah. Podcast. podcast. And you also, can be a little looser with the rules. Yeah. Yeah. Podcast. Hey, Darius. Yeah, the call, like, dropped. That's know. fine. Listen, it was because of Hoppy. I mean, he, he asked a question <laughs> that I thought. So his question, I don't know if you heard it or not. His question was, if you had to go back one shot, at one guy on another team. <laughs> no, no, on, on the on the offense, on yeah. the West Virginia offense. Oh, on the West Virginia the offense. West Virginia offense. Practice together. Okay. Yeah. In your history, who's the one Mountaineer on guy on offense that you would like to go one more time and get one clean shot on? Now, hold on, hold on. What? Under, what? Under, the, under the advice of counsel, Darius, don't <laughs> feel like you have to answer this question. <laughs> I, I mean, I don't – I've never really wanted to get a really clean shot on anybody like that in practice. I say, I don't know. I I feel like, yeah, I can't answer that. Yeah, no, don't answer, answer it. Perfect. Don't answer well, it. Wait a second. Don't answer it. Who was the cheapest player that you had to go against <laughs> in practice? That's a fair well, question. Why not just say a game? I mean, if you're going to ask him that, ask well, him for I'm, I'm going to go, I'm gonna go that team. way, too. Like, was there a Mountaineer? Who was always holding you? Who was always holding? There you go, Hoppy. Good. Oh, oh, or or who, the talked the most? It, it, who talked the, the most? Who talked the most? The O-line. The O-line, for sure. You know, every oh. day we compete and we talk trash to each other, but um, I'm just... Really, just the whole other line. They hold, but really, they just do it to make us mad. But we really just compete in practice. <laughs> who talked the most? Who who talked the most trash offensive line wise? Um, Josh Sills, I'd say. Oh yeah, that does that. Why is that not a surprise? And let me guess. And and, and McKivitz was always just like really played really hard, but always quiet and just like he'd help you up. Yeah, McKivitz was always that that hard nosed guy that worked hard and didn't really say too much. So I, I respect. Okay, so let me ask you this. One quarterback that you played in the Big 12 that you would absolutely love to tattoo? It's, um, uh, I don't – hard to, hard to say because, you know, going to the games, I want to tattoo all of them. So yeah, I know. <laughs> one, other, one other question on that front. On, on the, the defenses that you played on, who was the one guy most likely to jump on the pile? <laughs> uh, I, say, I say Tony Fields. Tony Fields. Field. Yeah, yeah, that's a fair shot. Well, I thought you know how he might give us the Baylor quarterback. That poor buddy in Waco yeah, uh, two years he ago. Met me a few times in the last 
Uh, you, Darius just sacked him two minutes ago. Again. He had he had to file he had to file for residency in Waco after he left that. Game. Yeah, Darius, you ate them up. Yeah, that's a good point. That was that was a deal. That was a deal. Back to back years. Yeah, yeah. You had you had boy. Well, it's listen. It's been absolutely. Now give the pick. Brad wanted the pick. What's the pick? Want to do the pick? What? What pick? Okay, I'm sorry. Oh, the interception question. Oh yeah, oh, that was just another yeah. day in the office for him. Was that the top highlight, or was that just one? I mean, you had many. Is is that the best moment that you did something that you weren't expected to do? Oh yeah, for sure. The, the interception. I didn't expect. You know, D-line don't really expect the interceptions. So like, whenever I saw the ball up in the air, I knew this was one of my opportunities, one of my only opportunities I probably ever get to get one. So I just took advantage of it. Which was awesome. I still say, though, Coach Brown, a tremendously missed opportunity from Brown after seeing that. You absolutely should have lined up in the backfield. Maybe the slot. Yeah. Could have been a absolutely. slot guy. Slot, yeah. Needed to get you a touchdown. Brown blew that, I Darius. I told him I'll do whatever. Yeah. You know. I mean, he let Elijah Drummond like, go out for a pass on Saturday in the spring game. Why not you? Yeah, right? You could have done that. He still says the hands. Honestly, but you know, it's all right. It's all right. Yeah. <laughs> All right, well, listen, thank you so very much for your time, buddy. You know we're pulling for you. We wish you the best, and we'll be in touch. Stay well. Yes, sir. Thank you, too. All right, you bet, man. All right. There he is, All-American, Darius Stills. I hope, I he, I I hope it goes well. Yeah, I didn't know his background in counseling. He'll, he'll be a great counselor. Oh, wonderful. Unbelievable personality. He can get those guys. That's great. It does. It really does. I know we say this all the time. It is just simply amazing that we're sitting here and having Darius on the podcast talking about the NFL draft. I mean, we were just preparing for the state title game. Metro News called it against Mingo Central up there doing the scouting report. Watch out for 56 and 55, Hoppy, as they take on Mingo Central in the state title game. Yeah, exactly. Feels like it was just a couple weeks ago. Yeah. He will always go down as the great story of everyone wanted Dante, so they were going to offer Darius mm -hmm. to get Dante. Package deal with the brothers. He's a year older. Get the brother so we can get the brother the next year. And here he goes. He leaves consensus all America. That's it's one amazing. of the awesome, great stories uh, of all time. So we wish them. We wish them the best. And as I said, man, I saw Gary Saturday and just a truck. I mean, really? He can take great. snaps. Looks good. I mean, looks still lifting. Played a long time. Did he get ten in? He got I ten think in. He did. Yeah, right? he got ten in. Yeah, yeah, he got ten in. And long time uh, Raven, Baltimore yeah. Raven. You think you know through the years, and we should probably do a show on this through the years. The family members. The brothers, the families, you know, the Bulgers, right? They're the they're the royalty of WVU <laughs> yeah. Athletics. Three of them, all in the Hall of Fame mm -hmm. now. Yeah, um, but the Stillses, uh, they'll come in there as well, and so it's uh, it's a, it's a whole different world. So no, they're, they're going to end up right there. I mean, the Stills are going to oh, be yeah, right absolutely. up there. Oh yeah, absolutely. He's a consensus All American. He's a Hall of Famer. He doesn't know it right now. You're a consensus All-American. He's in the WVU Sports Darius. Hall of Fame. Oh, oh Darius. Yeah, yeah, no doubt. As soon as, yeah. his, as soon as the day comes, he's a first ballot. He's consensus All-American. Has to be first ballot. All right, folks. So I don't know when the conversation began. I tried to go back today and look back to when the very first time on this podcast we discussed a bore. <laughs> and so to the best of my recollection – it was something like, I don't know how we got into it, but I said, if I were to go hunt for something, I, w I would rather have hunt, hunt something that could come and hurt me. That's, that's how this thing started. And immediately, Brad and Hoppy said, what? Hoppy went first. What are you talking about? What are you talking about? A boar? A boar? I said, yeah, like a boar. You know, like Tosca. Snuffy and all that thing. I said, yeah, something like that. And, and 
I have been verbally assaulted, abused, mishandled, treated unfairly ever since that comment was made by both Kerchival and Brad. And so objection, but continue on. And so what happened was, and so what happened was shortly thereafter, shortly that conversation came up, someone, I think it was this way, someone sent us a picture of a boar that was harvested here in West Virginia that was as big as a cow. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And we marveled at it. And then... Well, not quite as big as a cow, but it was big. It was massive. It was like four or 500 pounds. Yes, exactly right. Yeah. Then the state DNR came out and they issued special lottery permits to go boar hunting. And so we talked about it even more. And these guys just kept just taking shots and jacks. Why don't you go? Why don't you? I said, I, I got a game that weekend. I can't go on that thing. And then I received a phone call and they said, if you would like to go boar hunting, we'll, we'll, we'll bring you boar. I said, what are you talking about? And they said, yeah, there is a group called Warriors in the Field. And the founder is Dave Whitaker and he's from Elkins. And Warriors in the Field is a nonprofit that takes military veterans out and they do hunting things. They could hunt or they can fish. They do both. And he said, we'd like to show you what this is all about. And at the same time, you can go boar hunting. So if I was just full of gas, I would have said, ah, thanks a lot, but no. But because of the pressure that was applied to me, like something you would get in middle school, like it's just peer pressure, I said, all right. was peer pressure. I said, all right. I said, all right, fine. I got no problem doing it. So on Saturday afternoon, I did the Mountaineer game. Four o'clock in the afternoon, got out of there and drove about four hours, a little bit less than four hours. And I went into a group of five other people that I had never met before in my life. And we made it to this lodge in um, Monroe County. Monroe County. Beautiful lodge. Unbelievably beautiful place. We'll talk about that. And that's kind of where I'm going to leave it. That's where I'm going to leave it because I would think if I added anything more, my narrative would be accosted by these. So let's have someone who was there, independent of the entire situation, join us. And this is Dave Whitaker the founder of Warriors in the Field. Dave, thanks so much for being with us. Thank you, Tony. Glad to be here. Well, that's our, no, it's my pleasure. It's my pleasure, sir. And firstly, thank you very much for everything from this past weekend, and thank you, obviously, for the organization, Warriors in the Field, and we'll talk a little bit about that mm-hmm. as well coming up here. So, Dave, you know the undeserved harassment that I've taken from these guys. You've heard about it. You've heard it. You've objection. listened. Objection. Been, been pretty brutal. Thank you very much, Dave. Pretty brutal. You're keeping charge. That's two objections so far. I'm going to let him keep rolling. I've got two <laughs> objections okay. on record. Okay. Okay. okay, go ahead. Pretty pretty brutal is what, what he has said, and I, I tend to agree with you. So you guys were wonderful. I met you down there late Saturday night, and as Brad said, beautiful lodge, gorgeous place. The name of the place that we hunted was the Mountain Meadow Hunting Preserve, which is in Monroe County. And we can get into that in a little bit, but over 2,500 acres right. of beautiful Monroe County, which I've said in the past, 
the nicest, most beautiful county that doesn't get enough attention in West Virginia is Monroe County. It's yeah, gorgeous. Yeah, I agree with that. So go ahead, man. Like, give me give me your thoughts. I just well, okay. Well, tell the story. Yeah, pick well, up the story. Give us a timeline there, Dave, because yeah. we want to hear what the timeline. What happened? When'd you get out? How'd it go? Yeah. Go ahead. Well, let let let's back up to Saturday morning. Um, we we get down there. We have a Purple Heart recipient veteran um, from Braxton County, Jerry Lynn uh, Riffle. <clears throat> We've got him out on the hunting grounds, and. In the lodge, we have Jimmy Dean from Burdette Camping Center. Great name, Jimmy Dean. Just yeah. fantastic name. And uh, so, you know, the deal was is we take the veteran out. It's going to be, be filmed on J&J Outdoors. Um, and then we'll come back and get Jimmy and, and then go from there. So in the, in the time frame that we take Mr. Riffle out, we get out there and we, we run across a <clears> – <throat> A group of hogs and you know we looked at them and and they said what do you think and i said no, i think there's better hogs out here so we run across another group of hogs and we're looking at these pigs and i said uh, jerry i said i think that hog right there's a pretty good pig i said let's try to get him so we put us we start putting a stalk on this pig and we get he's using a crossbow <clears throat> We get about 25 yards from this pig, and he turns, and he comes right at us. And I said, Jerry, get behind the tree now. And I pull my pistol, and and this hog runs within five feet of us. And he's throwing his head, and he's trying to cut us, and, and, you know, that's what hogs do. They they try to cut you. I've hunted wild hogs in South Carolina and all over. I mean wild hogs. And then I've taken probably 50 veterans down to Mountain Meadow. This is the meanest hog that I've ever encountered. <laughs> a mean hog. I'm sorry? He's a mean hog. Oh, a bad just pig. Vicious. Just a bad I, pig. I think, I think this thing was born mad. <laughs> born under a bad sign. See, this is exactly what we want, Kurtzville. This is exactly what we want. We yeah, want the hog mad hog. turn charging. That's yes. A, okay. Noted, noted, bro. Okay, noted. Yep. Had a nine millimeter handgun on my side. I pulled it out, and I mean, this thing was within three feet of uh, dying of lead poisoning. <laughs> so we get back on him again. I'm trying to give you the short version of it, as my wife tells me. So we get on it again about an hour and a half later, and here he comes again. Charging you again? Again. And I said, guys, I said, this thing's going to kill us. I said, I have never seen a hog this mean in my life. And I mean, I. I mean, I, I showed uh, Tony a picture of a hog that's home on my wall, and it had six-and-a-half-inch tusks that I killed in South Carolina, and that hog wasn't nearly as mean as this one. So anyway, we hunt this thing, you know, on and off, and and this thing, every time he sees us, he charges us, and, and three different times I had to pull my handgun out, but one time he turned long before he got to us, so it wasn't, wasn't a threat, but twice... I mean, I was I was legitimately nervous. Um, so we get back to the lodge, <clears throat> and we kind of regroup. You know, we, we went out about 9 in the morning, and then we went back into the lodge about 4.30, and, and we hadn't killed anything yet. So we went down, got us something to eat, and then went back up on the mountain that evening, and we ended up killing two within all uh, probably an hour, an hour and a half. We, we split up into two groups, and... 
I looked at Jerry McCauley from J&J Outdoors. I said, uh, you know that hog over there on the back side of the property? He said, yeah. And I said, we have two hogs on the ground already. I said, you know who's going after that hog in the morning, right? And he goes, Tony Caridi. I said, you're right. Yeah, here, we go. Uh, here we go. There yeah. we go. Good. Get him all riled up, then yeah. bring Caridian. Yeah. There we go. Good. Like bullfight. That's what they do in bullfight. Yeah, just charging at you multiple times. Left this is what we want. He's right. in a sour mood. Right. Yeah. So, so guys, let me tell you, I'd never met Tony before. You know, I'd listened to him on the show in different places and so forth, and knew that he had never shot a firearm. So we get him out on the firing range, and uh, he shoots at a at a steel silhouette target at about a hundred yards, and and the first shot, now he, now he was using a pretty big rifle. It's a 450 Bushmaster shooting a 250 grain bullet, and I that, mean it, that have a scope on it there, Dave. It had a scope. Yeah, sure for scope. Um, scope's Caridi. Scope's yeah, Caridi. Yeah. yeah. Okay. And and I mean, I mean this is a man's rifle. So he shoots it. He comes in there. He shoots it the second time. Pings that target. And I was over hundred yards. Side by side. hundred hundred yards. Yeah. It's pretty good. 50%, yeah. one out of two from three, not bad. Okay, yeah, good, not bad. Yeah, the first was just right over, you mm-hmm. know. Yeah. If I remember the guys telling me correctly, and I said, well, that's understandable from a guy that's never shot a rifle before. In his life. Sure. Yeah. yeah. So kind of natural, came in like. and, and, you know, they said, hey, you know, we're good. And about that time, you know, I could <laughs> We shot twice. We're good. Got two shots up. <laughs> yeah. Got, got two yeah, shots I mean, up. Ready to go. <laughs> hit the hog one time, so he's got a pretty good chance of surviving this hunt, you know. That's all we want to do. Just survive it. That's all we want to do. Survive and move on. So we go to the hunting ground, and we weren't there, what, Tony, 30 minutes? I mean, we drove down this hollow and up and around, and I and I told Tony, I said, I looked at him, I said, Tony, I promise you, you're not going to start hearing banjos playing. I said, we're we're going someplace. <laughs> you know, because he's riding around in side by side with a bunch of guys he's never met. Yeah, yeah, real, real quick, real quick point of clarification. Yeah. Were his shin guards sticking out of the camouflage, or they, those were hidden <laughs> with the pants that he had on? They were hidden. Okay, got it. <laughs> Thank you. Okay. Yeah. Thank you, Dave. Yeah, cricket, were, like cricket yeah, player. Hidden. Yeah, like a cricket so player. We we come up on the top of this mountain and and we're driving along the top of the mountain, look down in over the hollow, and, and Jerry goes, "Hey, there he is." Yeah. Let's go. Said, Let's go. The he said, "There's our pig." I turned around. And I went, "Oh crap!" So we went up and we parked side by side. And I'm telling Tony, I said, "Now Tony, I said I'm not trying to scare you. I said, but I'm trying to educate you." If you walk past a treetop, I said, you look in that treetop, because I said, this thing will let you walk past it, and then he's coming. Ooh, they're oh, they're sneaky, too. Yeah. Sneaky and oh, fast. Yeah, they're sneaky. Did, sneaky, did fast, and big. That, Tony? Yeah, blocking the yeah. back. Fast and big. Okay. Game was, as soon as yeah. we shut the side-by-side side off, game was on. Okay. Yeah. Game's yeah. on. Yeah. Now you're, you're on yeah. foot now, right? Game's Head on. on a swivel on foot. Bushmaster. Head okay. on swivel. Yep. So we're, we're trying to track this thing. We're trying to see where he went, because from the time we saw him, the time we parked a side by side you know we'd kind of lost him and anyway i guess it was probably i don't know 45 minutes give or take um we were actually walking up the road and i'd actually walk past him i looked right in the treetop and and i walked past him and bill tobry walked past him and and isaac and then all of a sudden somebody whistled and told us to come back and and tony was actually the one that spotted him in the treetop hold on hold on on. so we've got a natural with the firearm and we've got him he's spot he's out with professionals and he's the one spotting the hog i swear to goodness yeah as sure as i'm sitting here he's the one and i walk like i said i walk past him so i come back and i said got eyes like chuck yeager 
That's an upset. And, <laughs> Got an early upset right there. So early upset. I explained to him how the hog's laying, and I said, now, Tony, I said, you know, this is where you need to put it. I said, you need to just squeeze the trigger, let the shot surprise you, don't jerk it. Um, and I said, and if you do that, I said, you're good. And uh, he pulled up. Hold, hold, wait, hold on. Hold on before you go further. So we got his instructions. You already know he's a good shot. You feel, you feel pretty safe. When the hog started running at Caridi, did he panic? When it was it was in a full sprint at Tony, I assume, because it's a mean pig. It's fast. Dave, when it's running at him, did he panic or did he hold his water? I can honestly say the whole time I saw him there, he did not panic one time. Thank you, Dave. Even when the pig was running at him? Yeah. Yeah. I never lost my cool. That was the yeah. answer to the question. I, so, and, and so, I'm not, so, so, I'm not Dave, trying to puff this up no. to make him look good. Do you but, have a follow-up there, Hoppy? I, Go I ahead. have a follow-up. Sure. So, Dave, sure. the pig, and I'm going to, I'll be surprised where I'm, you'll be surprised where I'm going on this eventually, but but the pig did run at Tony. Charged him. Did, did the pig charge Tony? No, the pig charged no, Dave the day the before. The pig charged me. Okay. But the day. Oh wait, hold on. That's a point of clarification. That's a, that's a good question, counselor. Hey, Dave. So be the, this is hey, a wait, pig. This is a pig that charges. But when Tony <laughs> was with you, it wasn't necessarily charging you. Important point of clarification, Dave. Please. That's exactly right. Okay. And and, and as much as I wanted that pig to charge him, it it really did not. Okay. You, you probably wanted to okay. more than I did. But anyway. <laughs> so. <laughs> To make to make a long story short, <laughs> yeah, yeah. I told him, and and he had about a forty yard shot, oh. yeah, and he pulled up and offhand took a shot at this pig, and it never moved after he shot it. We got we had a one shot Caridi. He took it down. Yep. Well, I was using scope. Scope's, yeah, all, <laughs> scope. all scope's Caridi pulled scope's. off in one shot. <laughs> Hey, Dave, in, in all seriousness, and, and there's more to the story I want to hear, but in all seriousness, for a guy who has never shot a gun in his life to take two practice shots and go out and from 40 yards hit that hog, that's right. that's a one percenter right there, isn't it? He, I can honestly say he, he did a great job. He really did. How big, now, so how big was this thing, do we think? Uh, I'm real comfortable to tell you it, it was 200 pounds solid. Wow. Yeah, yeah. Uh, the the, the the tusks on it they were they were a good solid two inches. The cutters on it were probably an inch and a half, and I mean this 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 pig honestly, and I'm not puffing this up because of you guys are on the show and all that stuff. This this pig was truly the real deal. This is exactly what he wanted to kill. Wow. Yeah, watching me, it right now. If you're watching on wvmetronews.com, pulling it up on the video stream, you can see that. that's a big dude. Look now. where he got. Look where Tony got him, Dave. He got him right there. Oh, it was it was perfect. That's a kill. It shot was right an there. absolute perfect shot. That pig never <laughs> took a step. He was mean and ugly, wasn't he? He was. <laughs> and the hog and the hog was too. <laughs> yeah, yeah, the hog was You're too. In full gear with the pig. <laughs> well, you had to wear the camo. I mean, I just, you know, I want, I want to thank the team. Uh, Jerry McCauley, Jerry McCauley from J and J Outdoor Video Magazine. He's got one of his sponsors provided the gear. Yeah, yeah, Oak River Outfitters provided the gear. You got We've covered a lot of ground on this show. Never. Uh, did I it's, think no. I'd be staring at a picture of you sitting in the woods, full camo, 
with a giant elf looking big hog <laughs> on your legs. <laughs> with a big you know what eating grin on your this face. This is unbelievable. Yes, yeah. yes. Did not expect this. Yeah. Did not expect this. That was uh So uh, Dave, one more point of clarification if we could, if you don't mind. Okay. So at no time that you're aware of and you were around Tony every time he shot the firearm <laughs> At no time that you're aware of did he ever fire up into the air, just aimlessly. That never happened? Absolutely, he did not. And he never threw down the gun and ran away? No, sir. Okay. I was doing this. I was doing this for you guys. Oh, I know you were. I was doing this for you guys. And kind of of put your neck on the line for the team, didn't you? Yes, I did, because something in life, you know, when people have challenged me in the past, I take care of it. And so, yeah, I was, uh, that was, that was quite a thing, but in all seriousness to it, yeah, it was, it was surreal because I had run it in my head many, many times. <laughs> and Chris Lawrence of outdoors today, he was hugely beneficial because I talked to him in advance. Okay. Give me your technique when you shoot, what do you do? And he gave me this three breath technique, hold a breath on the third one, and then slowly let it go as you. And, and it worked. I mean, it sounds like you're so good. I'm not so sure John Hammond and the rifle team won't you have over like an honorary yeah, starter, exactly. <laughs> right, Dave? Is that fair? There. He's moved into rare air now. Honorary starters, right in his wheelhouse. That's exactly right. I mean, it might be that he's a natural. Let me Brad, tell you. I mean, just you know, sometimes guys like come it. along and they're just oh, they're no, a natural. Didn't even know he had the talent. Yeah, now right. he knows. Yeah. Yeah. So here's the the, the reality of it all: is this. As I said, Dave's the founder of Warriors in the Field, and it's a military-based charity that helps veterans who struggle with everyday issues and let them know that they're not fighting alone when they come back right. or whatever it might be. And so this organization is a nonprofit, and so it always needs help. And in fact, there's been several people that have texted us when we've chatted about this, that said, "Okay, I'll give you this amount," and you've gotten some, you've gotten donations. Again, Burdett Camping's been fantastic to you, right? Uh, but others who have said, "If you get it, I'll donate this." Okay, here you go, folks. I got it. So live up to your word, which I'm sure that you will. And I also want to encourage people, whether it's five, ten, fifteen, twenty dollars, it's super simple to do. Warriorsinthefield.org is the website. Warriorsinthefield.org. Mm-hmm is the website super simple you just hit the donate button you can put whatever denomination that you want to on there and they take these folks out and as uh, you said we had um uh, a veteran with us as well on the uh, it was Jer- it was um jerry riffle mm-hmm. uh, who's a vietnam vet purple heart recipient hoppy from mm-hmm. braxton county and he was there he got one with a crossbow wow awesome and, and so it's really really good also the project coordinator for Warriors in the Fields, wonderful guy, Bill Tobry, who was the guy we had on who killed that massive pig, oh, yeah, and his yeah. son Isaac, who's just mm-hmm. a great guy, 15 years old, just a great kid, great he kid. He take more abuse than anybody Yes, he does. Know. I mean, he, he, they just bust on poor Isaac, and Isaac, <laughs> just he just, keeps, he just keeps going at him, great kid. And so uh, it was just a wonderful thing, and we, we do this for two reasons. One, if you're a vet or know of a vet that could perhaps use this help, you can contact the folks at warriorsinthefield.org off of the website. Facebook page is the same deal, Warriors in the Field. Or if you'd like to donate, you could do the same thing. But uh, as I said to you guys Sunday, you know, life's about experiences and memories. Well, this is, you know, this is one of those ones, unforgettable. Unforgettable memory. It was great. It was great. Well, Tony, can I, can I say something to people a little bit about Warriors in the Field, about why it exists? Yeah, sure, absolutely. Um. 
when I was 18 years old, I wasn't able to join the military because of an illness that I had when I was a young child, and it and it and I was the first man of my family that was not in the service. And my father was a Korean War vet, and when I was 35 years old, I lost my dad to a suicide because of PTSD. And I was with him the first time that he tried to take his life. And the day after that, I took off work, and I was going to spend the day with him. And, you know, I had I had kids, and, you know, and I was a young family man and so forth, and, you know, loved my father, and, and so I took the day off with him because I had to, you know, I had to, had to be with him, you know, to get his mind right. Mm-hmm. And the last thing that my dad ever said to me was, he said, Dave, he said, you're not, you're not welcome around me anymore. He said, I'm going to tell you. He said, before I go, he said, I'll take you out first. And that's the last thing that my dad ever said to me. And I got a phone call six weeks later, January the 4th of 99, that he had killed himself. And because of me not being able to be in the service and because of what happened to Dad, it took me 15 years to figure out what to do. But that is the purpose behind Warriors in the Field. Right. Absolutely. And and since then, you have been helping out uh, veterans. And that's why it's obviously it is uh, it is a labor of love for you. It is. And uh, we just want to put a spotlight on it to let folks know that it exists and any help that they can provide, once again, it's warriorsinthefield.org. Yep. And you guys are just it's great. It's just great. You know, but let's face it, boys. Um, when you go into a group of people that you've never met before, right, and they live in a different world than we live in, right? We're all about uh, should they play a box in one? Should they put a nickel back in there? Thing. I mean, their world is different. And that's not bad. That's just a different world. So it was extremely interesting that to get into that world. And at the same time, the commonality is we're all from West Virginia. Mm-hmm. And that there, there was this, that's the great, that's the great commonality that it's a West Virginia thing. So right. it's a, it's a fantastic organization. And again, we encourage people to help out warriors in the field.org. Well, and the thing about our organization too, you know, nobody gets paid in our organization. All the money that we that we bring in, we focus on helping vets with that money. Mm-hmm. Yeah, no one takes a check. Yeah, no money. Nobody takes a check. Um, there's no administration fees. You know, we we run the nonprofit right out of my, you know, office for my car lot in Elkins. So you know, there there's nothing. Um, you know, all the money is spent right on veterans directly on veterans, except for you know gasoline, food. Um, you know, brochures and business cards and things like that, but it's still related to the veterans, you know, because you have to do one to do the other. Yep. <clears throat> but no administration fees, no no payroll, uh, no overhead, you know, or anything like that. So, um, you know, I, I just I feel that gives us a good edge, um, you know, with these with these other companies that, you know, they just, they just give back just a little, um, you know, and I, I was excited for Tony, you know, when I called Mountain Meadow Hunting Preserve, um, you know, I told them what we wanted to do and 
they actually donated Tony's hunt to him. Um, and we set it up so that when we were there with um, Mr. Riffle, that we could take care of Tony at the same time, and he could see firsthand what we do. Yep, that's absolutely because fantastic. you can you know you can tell people all you want, but until you see it, um, you know Tony. If you recall, you know Johnny Ratliff. He was fixing breakfast, and he Johnny always comes up. He he's always the the kitchen guy, and he he says, "Okay, guys, come on, breakfast is ready. Come and get your food." Everybody's grabbing plates, and we said the blessing, and everybody got ready to fill the plates up. And I said, "What? Do you remember what I said to him, Tony?" I don't. Go ahead. I say, "Hey guys, Jerry Lynn eats first. That's he's right. The reason we're here. Yep, the veteran ate first. Absolutely. And everybody backed off. That's true. Absolutely. You know, and that might be a small thing to some people, but it's a big thing to other people. Mm-hmm. So, well, listen. But, we encourage uh, folks to help out, and uh, we thank you for everything, uh, Dave, so much. And, uh, yes, sir. It was a memory, as they say, a memory that will last a lifetime. Yep, Appreciate for it. for sure. All right, yep. buddy. You be good. We'll talk to you. All right, guys. Thank you, you a lot. Thank you very Thanks, much. Dave. Thanks, Dave. Uh, there, there he is, Dave Whitaker. Tony, yeah, Hop, go ahead. Despite the fact that the hog was not running at you, which was the original deal, Am I right, Brad? Am I right? The, the whole point of it. <clears throat> that yes. was it. Yes. That was the original deal. However, having said that, the uh, there's a saying that says a man is only as good as his word. And you, what started out as a joke, turned into... Wait a second. This was a joke? <laughs> Wait, this was a joke? Wait a second. What started out as a joke and a good reason to rib you turned into uh, elevating... Uh, uh, information about this worthy cause and about you taking the challenge which i didn't think you were going to do and going down there and saying and i know the whole time you're saying to yourself i'll show these sobs because that's the kind of guy you are i use some and, other words yeah, yeah and going down and completing a successful hunt with pretty amazing circumstances so props to you thank you Robert. i take it all back mic drop well done on your part thank you appreciate that you're just sitting over there giggles. Uh, he, he said that pretty well. Uh, I'm impressed how it ended up. You, you didn't fulfill the original deal, but that did that turned out really about as well as you could do. That That is a neat story there from Dave and that organization. When, I, I do give you credit for that. When you heard that I got one, did it surprise you? What did you think was going to happen? No, I thought you'd get one. You thought I'd get yeah, one? Yeah, I thought I had faith that you'd get one. Okay. I, I did want it charging you and you running behind a tree, when but he, I, I thought you'd get one. I thought he came come in through. and showed me that picture. So I, I, I can't. Well, uns- you know how I knew he got one because he, he, he went dark on. Me. Oh yeah. Yeah. He did go dark. He went yeah, silent. Yeah, right. Yeah, he talked yeah. to me on the way down, called me on the way down after the spring game. And then he went dark. I mean, even, even Monday morning, I didn't get it. So I thought he's got one here. He's going to try and spring it on. I heard here. about it on Facebook before you told me it was out there. I think it was on the AP wire before. Yeah. AP wire. All right. Ready for some phone calls, questions, and thoughts. Let's do that. And don't forget our text line is open at all times at 304-404-4083. 304-404-4083. Hey, Tony, this is the old man from the the Hill. I was just calling, uh, I wanted to comment about you hunting. I think you ought to get yourself a 50 cow. Shoot that thing in the snout and blow his, tuss it out, take his head off and gut it out all at the same time. (laughs) 
You don't have to worry about falling because once you hit it with the 50 cal, it's down. Yeah, that take care of it. Yeah. Thanks, guys. You bet. Thank you very much for that. Did you, know you come so- back with any meat? We've talked about that. Did they did they harvest some meat there out of it? I watched them butcher it. You did? Yes, I did. And I donated meat. So, yeah. no. We got, no, we, we got nothing on this guy. <clears throat> I mean, he, he was very pure on this whole thing. Did it well. By the way, you know what he did? He, it's, it's not like he discovered now this new passion. He's like, I went, I took three shots, I hit the target, I killed a hog, I'm done, I'm moving on. Is that right? Yeah. As I said to you, the whole thing started was, I have no problem hunting for nuisances. Like if a farmer called me today and said, I've got seven coyotes. Oh, co- uh-oh, uh-oh, he just put himself out there. Yeah, just go ahead and move on to the next call. No, just I, just, stop. I told you guys from the beginning. That's the kind of stuff I like to do. Like, I got these coyotes coming on my on my fields. Just and, stop. And then Here just comes the call. Okay, right, Tony, stop. I got coyotes coming out stop, here. Stop, because pretty soon when you go to TCU next year, you're going to be hanging out of a helicopter mowing down a field. <laughs> of all. So just stop and go on to the next thing. Check the box. Go on to the next those call. Those are good videos. Mike, have you ever watched any of those yet? <laughs> yeah, you've showed them to me. I don't have a choice. You come in and say, hey, look at this. <laughs> all the guys I was with this week, and they want to do that, too. They want to go in that helicopter and just use that. Machine gun. No, oh, don't use a machine gun. Hey, three guys, last episode you touched on the passing of Huggs' dad. Huggins not being inducted to the Hall of Fame already is criminal, as been as has been discussed. Now they have ensured that he cannot share the moment with his father. It just leaves me feeling peed off. So understand. Um gotta get a natty, right? Or or retire. Isn't that how you get in? Yeah, you know if you're active and don't have a natty, you can't get in. Is that right, Brad? That's pretty been, close. That's been up till now. Pretty close. Yeah, pretty close. Phone call. Hey, fellas. Uh, this is Kyle from Morgantown. Um, you know, you guys, on the last show, you guys were talking about um, how complicated it is trying to figure out how many, like what year a player is now, if they're uh, a first-year freshman, a true freshman, a, a third-year freshman, first, second-year sophomore, I don't know, whatever it is. But I got, I'm going to pose another question for you guys. Um, that I'm, I'm curious about. Would players like Zach Frazier and Akeem Mesador be eligible to be uh, freshman All-Americans again or win freshman awards this coming season? Um, just curious what you think about that. I, I was thinking about that the other day. I thought that was an interesting thought. So excited to hear what you guys have to say about that. Love the show. Talk to you guys later. Thank and you. Tony, by the way, um, I hope you got a, I hope you got a boar. And if, you, if there is multiple boars, you might need to change the show to three boars after the game. But, uh, <laughs> that, that, might be, uh, that might be a solid Thank name, you, name change for Thank those you. guys. So Good call on uh, that. I love the show, guys. Thank you very much, Kyle. Appreciate it. My initial thought is once you play a full season that you're not going to be allowed to be a freshman All-American. You won't, but it is kind of funny because Zach Frazier is technically a true freshman again. The one thing As that, is Mesidor. The one thing where they always kind of job it up is that newcomer of the year award when you get a transfer like tony fields yeah like newcomer of the year well my gosh he'd already played a career at arizona and then so anyway it's the, it's whatever now and these are who wants an award oh this is matthew from morgantown the kroger isle near the tostito chips <laughs> some questions on a variety of topics what is Derek culver's legacy any update on Cottrell's Achilles? Will he be ready for the season? Reaction to Mulkey leaving Baylor? Good for Kerry and crew? Question mark. Tony, have you ever considered entering the transfer portal? Any job offers that tempted you to leave a la Jeff Culhane? <laughs> 
So, really, uh, Matthew, the Culver Legacy. It's, it's a bit complicated. Yeah, that's that one. That one's going to need some context. So, thousand point score, and would have been a thousand. I had I don't have his numbers in front of me. Would All have been big a thousand, twelve guy first team. I mean, that's hard to do. Yeah, that's hard to do. I, th- I think it's I think it it's going to be about the achievements, comma what also could have been, right? I mean, there's going to be that has to be in that has to be in the elite that has to be in the lead. Yeah, what he accomplished, but what was left on the table? Yes, and this: if you were to bet me in his freshman season, after he got suspended, or during that period, if he would play here for three seasons, I would have said absolutely no. And before he even got on the floor, before I mean, he, he got on he the floor, started his career under suspension. Yes, the whole first semester. That's a good way to describe it from Hoppy. I think if you if you couch it with that with that prism, that's a heck of a career, man. That's a heck of a career to to start the way you started in the climate that is today, with so easy to move in and out, to be able to get through three seasons, to end that as a thousand point scorer, to have all of those rebounds, and to finish as an All Big Twelve guy. That's a pretty strong career. But I do see what you're saying when, because again, that that's the curse of a guy like Derek Culver, so physically gifted that it's it's hard to perform up to that level and not leave you wanting more. Mm-hmm. Because he was so good and dominant at times, and other times you just went, I need a little more there. Mm-hmm. I agree with that. I agree with that. Yeah, that's fair. It's always going to be what else could have happened. And again, I think fair or not fair. College athletes, specifically WVU athletes, if you're going to be held in the highest regard and esteem at WVU, it's what you accomplished with your team at a high level. In other words, Pat White, four straight bowl wins, leading rusher as a quarterback in college football history when he left. Major Harris played for the national championship game, right? Deshaun. Deshaun Butler made it to the final four. So the fact that Derek will not have one of those big-time accolades and one not to his fault because of COVID, you just didn't play in the NCAA tournament, but because of that, it's just going to be – it's never going to be the rarefier. No, no. He asked about Isaiah Cottrell's Achilles. You know, every report is really, really good. Lost the boot a while back, wearing just conventional both sneakers now. And every once in a while, out on the floor, taking some, you know, pushing some shots up. So the expectation is, yeah, he plays next season. Does he play the very first game? I think they're hopeful, but I don't know. But I don't know. But everything is going well there. I'm excited to watch him. Unique skill set, as we talked about this year, and really, really needed. Right? Does not have the luxury now. Had Culver come back, that's a real luxury item to have a player of, of his skill and his size. Now it's a necessity. Right? Because the two guys you've added in the middle our defensive first guys in terms of the two transfers in Kerrigan and Policap, you're going to need Isaiah when he comes back for a guy that hasn't played much, right? Because he missed all of last year, save for a few games. You're going to have to have him step in. He's going to have to provide offense right away. Reaction to Kim Mulkey leaving Baylor. Do you not have a comment on that? No. Surprising. And I say this, I know she's from there. I know she's from Louisiana, but anyone that stays at a school for 20 plus years, you think they normally stay there. That's so it is unusual. It's unusual. 
I mean, I get it, completely understand it, not any problem with it or anything like that. But the fact that you're there for 20 plus, you know, that'd be like Gino Ariema leaving to go take the Villanova job because he's from Philly. Or Villanova, as some say. <laughs> some, some way. Does, so. does, in terms of the women's basketball league on the Big 12 side, opens it up significantly. You're talking about someone with three championships in 20 seasons, 21 seasons. Yeah. Opens that thing wide open. And, and what does it mean for Mike Carey? Well, I think every coach in the league, right? Every coach in the league now goes, okay, they're going to have to re- – you can't keep it at the level – I mean, the, the odds say you got a 5% chance to keep it at that level. Agree. 95% chance you're going to you're going to either you're going to go down. So interesting. Um news coming out today as we record Jeffrey Pooler redshirt senior Dayton Ohio has entered his name into the transfer portal at WVU. So West Virginia loses a guy who was academic all Big 12 started 7 games last season 560 Four total snaps. And that's the world that we live in. You've got some guys along that offensive line. We just talked to Darius D-line, about that. D-line, what I say? Offensive, offensive line? Offensive. Defensive line, of course. Yeah, Dante, Mesador, some other guys you saw. Cowan out of that bandit position that plays a lot on the line of scrimmage. Pooler, to me, that's another one of those. We've, we've talked about this before. That's a depth loss right there. Right. You would rather if you're trying to rotate in, we had Andrew Jackson on saying what he wanted to play nine, ten guys. Ideally, Mm -hmm. that becomes a little bit harder with losses like Pooler. So is it an immediate setback? Do you lose? Do you win two less games because you lost that? No, probably not. But that's depth along a position where a lot of guys play and you could use some bodies there. So that's where that one hurts a little. This is Rich from Indianapolis. I need the three guys gang to step up. Capital letters on the up. Mm. So he yelled at to us prevent, to step up? Yeah. To prevent loyal listeners suffering. The state basketball tournament will cause a huge content void next week, and I'd rather stare down a charging boar than face a week of endless Colt draft pick analysis. <laughs> if Hoppy does three shows a week by himself, you guys can do it too. Well, the, you do three or you do one? Who, me? Yeah. on a Yeah, is that one a week? Or one, one, one every, every, other, one every other week. Every other week. Every other week. I understand. I understand. Yeah. Okay. Jim and uh, we'll do a show next week before we go to the state tournament. Okay, we'll do one. We're all going down, man. Yeah, we're going down. I'm excited to go down. Very much so. When are you this going? New schedule. I'm going tomorrow. <laughs> going tomorrow afternoon. I'll be down Friday. Okay. Are you coming back up, or are you going to stay down there? I'm staying down. Watch go, go down. Watch go basketball. Are you coming up before the boys starts? Yeah. I'm oh, coming okay. back. Coming back up. Okay. Yeah. Jim, Jim and Charles. I don't know if you're going to set what up. Are you gonna, what are you going to break into my house? What are you? What are you do? <laughs> How long are you going to be gone? I just wanted. Can to you know, give me the code? Your garage. I wanted to know if you needed anyone to hold up your retaining wall while you were gone. <laughs> Take your position on your chair. Jim and Charleston basketball question. History tells us Hugs's past transfers not very productive first year. They do better after a year in the system. What are your thoughts on the one-year guys coming in? Having played four to five years, will they be better prepared to make a major contribution? That's a wonderful question, yeah, and that's is. a different kind. He phrased it he, exactly how it should be phrased there at the end of that. They're different kind of transfers coming in, right? They're guys with more experience than you would expect out of the JUCO levels. I don't have a good answer for that. That's a wait and see, but that's a, that's a perfect question for the new age of what these rosters are going to look like. Really good question. 
Matt Humphrey was a grad transfer from Boston College. And yes. that went about as well as nothing. That was terrible. If you don't bring in kids that have played a lot of ball that have the right mindset as far as being team guys, it turns into a bad situation because if a guy comes in and says, I've been held back at my old school, I need to come here and get my shots, and that is bad. So I'm just hoping, fingers crossed, that the guys that come in are going to be able to adopt what their role is going to be. Otherwise, it won't end well. Well, right away. Yeah. With Culver gone and Matthew's gone. I mean, right away. Uh, this next text comes from Forrest in Morgantown. Run, Forrest. Did you get to pet or feed the boar before you went on the hunt? How many other people were injured in the hunt due to random shots in the air? How many times did you shoot at the boar before a professional finished the job? Brad Hoppy, if anyone else was injured badly, make sure they know that I tried to give Tony medical supplies to ensure his and everyone else's safety, Forrest and Morgantown. This is true. So in the booth at the stadium on Saturday yeah. before the game, did I tell you this? No, you told me Hoppy has not heard no. this. This will be a good reaction. So I was, I was in the booth Saturday getting ready to do spring game, and an EMS an EMS worker came in, and he had this big plastic resealable bag, and he says, Tony? And I said, like, yeah, like, what's up? And he said, I want to give these to you here before you go. And there were these big open wound bandages, a tourniquet, <laughs> tourniquet, and all this stuff. Real funny, wow. Forrest. That was Forrest that did a great job. Forrest. But, but By the way, I that's tell you, awesome. He's from that's, Greenbrier County. Uh, well done. That's funny. And we would have made jokes, even if you got hurt a little, I think. But, but what you did, Tony, is unassailable. I, I, we can't say anything. We cannot say anything because of how you executed. It was a mic drop. It well, really was. Uh, be careful. Here's the thing. Be careful here. Just take your take your win that you got he and is. move. I know, but he's knowing him. He's going to try and go too far. I'm done. I'm willing to let it's go over. that the thing was sleeping when he assaulted it. <laughs> I'm willing to not mention that and move on. But if he keeps going, then I'm going to be required to respond. I won't say anything about the thing lying down in camouflage and him gunning it down. But if Did, he keeps going, I'm going to have to say that. That was the original. But I'm not saying I'm not going to say I understand. that. Did Dave leave out the part that Tony noticed the hog because it was snoring? <laughs> <laughs> Sleep. Wait a minute. I hear something. Sleep's a strong word. <laughs> Don't you have a CPAP machine on, Mr. Pig? <laughs> hey, three guys, after watching the spring game, what's your biggest question about the team that needs to be addressed before the start of the season? Thanks. I love the show. Looking forward to hearing from Darius Stills and how Scopes Caridi fared on Sunday. Jumping Jack Morgantown. Thank you, Jack. Now, we're bringing Jack into the studio. Oh, Remember, we, we do need to do that. We, we're going right. to bring him in. We just got to organize that. Uh, so what's the biggest question the team needs to address before the start of the next season? Receivers. Yeah, I mean, uh, that can go in a bunch of different directions. I'll, I'll just say this from a big picture perspective, because we did have the luxury this year, unlike last year, we you know took in four different practice slash scrimmages over the course of, of spring practices. And I walked out with the same questions I had going in. I, I think a couple of them are for big picture. Can the defense perform close or at the level it did last year, which is asking a lot, Hop. 
That's asking oh, a lot. Yeah. But you've got guys. I mean, you lost some guys. You still you got guys some guys, guys on that defense, and they they looked really good, Tony. In every practice that we saw, I thought the defense looked really good. So, what level can the defense get to, and can it get close to what it did last year? And then conversely, on the offensive side, how much better in general? We'll, we'll spend a lot of time niching this down, but how much better did the offense get, or can it be? You know, I I took note, Brad, of the spring award winners and and it's it's tough to tell from spring you know you don't know but most productive player awards went to two of those who got awards were winston wright and isaiah esdale and you know wright was a leading receiver last year but nobody really stood out so have they improved i mean have they taken a leap to a point where they will be um better and even potentially dominant I mean, have they imp- the fact that they're most productive? I thought was encouraging. Well, it is because, but I'll go further. Not just are you are you better? Is Winston Wright as an example? Yeah. Is Winston Wright a guy that Texas game plans against? Yeah, right. When right, they right. go into the week, right? That's what you're looking for at the receiver position because you've got it at the running back, Tony. When you go into a game, what do you say about West Virginia? Stop. Letty Brown's not right. going to eat today. We're going right. to stop him. Who is the receiver that gets game planned against? And if the answer is nobody. Then, yes. then they're going to be disappointed in the results. If the answer is one or two, okay, now you're cooking. That That's really the, the crux of the question there. My answer to your question, Jack, would be I think this offense needs a little magic dust of what Brad is referring to. You need to have, you need to have someone on that team become you know, a star. You need a Winston Wright to become a star or whomever it might be. You need to have a guy that's just like, how are you going to deal with that guy? Specifically a receiver. Yeah, and I yeah. thought I thought Winston, right, for whatever it's worth, I thought that he was targeted five times, caught four balls, and when he got that ball catch and run situations, I mean, it was explosive. He popped. He yeah, popped. I agree. And that's what we need. We need those kinds of things. So I would say like just an, a, a star on offense, not to say Letty isn't, but I'm just saying I'm probably in the receiving court. We need, we need someone special. You need someone special. Yeah, I think it, it has to be from receiver because I think Brown's the known quantity. I think the offensive line showed us last year – it improved quite a bit. It can take another step forward. So I'm going to assume where last year I was more show me on the offensive line. Before I tell you you're better, you got to show me. This year I'm going the other way. I'm going to assume the offensive line is better based on personnel. I know you've got Brown. I need receivers to show me who's the guy. And if you have a guy who is that guy, like Winston Wright, not only does it force the defense to concentrate on that guy, but that opens up other guys. Sure. Because they're worried about Winston Wright. So yeah. it, it has it has a layered effect if you have a guy like that. Also, how about uh, they gave, you know, they, they got to get a backup to Letty Brown. Uh, Tony Mathis yeah, played and some. Very sparrow. Sparrow. And a very, it seemed like they wanted to give a very sparrow a lot of work. They did. Yeah, they did. I mean, they gave them opportunity. And plus, you got the two true freshmen that are coming too, and they're expecting those guys to come and muddy the mix a little bit. Doors open for them. They're not coming in and just like, hey, guys, here, have a seat. You're going to redshirt this year. Like, you want to play? Show us that you can play in August. Ryan White writes in. Three guys. I was following the European Soccer Super League store. I have always felt the European soccer model was somewhat similar to the U.S. college football model, right down to soccer free agents being referred to as transfers. The transfer portal seems to be another step in that direction. Conference realignment every few years is sort of similar to relegation in some ways. My question is, do you think we could see a shift in the way conferences are constructed, possibly introducing a relegation model, <laughs> which what I would love. I recognize this sounds crazy, but it strikes me that a program like Cincinnati would definitely sign up to play in a power five, even if they ran the risk of being booted from the league for poor performance. 
it would definitely be another compelling storyline. So the European model, as you know, is an open league structure where there is relegation and everyone has a chance to get in, but you could also fall out. These are closed leagues that we all know in the United States. There's no relegation in the United States in anything. NBA, NHL, NFL. I mean, so just to kind of super quick, if the NFL was an open league, you could have a team in Morgantown, a football team. You could create a professional football team, right, with the right financing, and you would say, we want to play in that league and have an, an opportunity to move up. That's open. That's what that whole soccer system is based on. And what happened in that Super League was the most fufu of the fufuies said, like, ah, we want to get away and basically have a closed system. But we'll give you a teeny little bit to add some teams, but we're always going to be in regardless. So, no, I don't think, Ryan, that it would ever happen here. It's just within the culture and the money, it just won't happen, although – there was one relegation, if you remember. Temple was booted from the Big East Football Conference because they just weren't good. That was about as close as we ever got, and that didn't go over well. It's a good question. It's it's a great sports radio topic is what that is. But no, that's not going to happen because the leaders in college sports, presidents down the line, too risk-averse. They're not going to take the risk no. to get in and be relegated. Although, remember, though, if conference realignment in a way has over the past few times it's happened, it has forced relegation. He mentioned Cincinnati. Connecticut was relegated. Yeah, they were. Right? Not yeah, by their were. choice. Yeah. And they didn't know they were playing the game of relegation. Yes, you're right. They got relegated. So yeah. if the switch happens again, you're worried. And that's always the case if you're a West Virginia. Yeah, you're absolutely. worried about relegation being imposed upon you, albeit in a different way. That's why it is so vitally important for West Virginia University. Yeah, be a good partner in the Big 12. But West Virginia University has constantly have to be watching West Virginia University. That's why Shane Lyons is pushing all the initiatives he does and has and the climb campaign and everything is why to make West Virginia's brand as good as possible so that when if invariably it happens again and we get realignment that West Virginia is looked at in a favorable light. It and it's always it it really is is parallel to West Virginia as a state because it's always been where do you belong? Are you northern? Are you eastern? Are you southern? Are you midwestern? It's West Virginia has always been caught a little bit between the cracks in all of that. Yeah, but Hop, I think you would also agree that the most recent reorganization that took away all the lines. I mean, for West Virginia to be playing in the Big Twelve, I mean, the, it's but no it's a, longer. That's a bit of a fluke, though. I mean, it's a bit of a fluke that you got in there. Yeah, right? but, I mean, but I'm saying but you're saying the geographic th- the, part of it, the perception that you have to live in an area. Now, I think that perception's gone. So now. one of the things though you have to do, here's the challenge. And I know you address this on your public affairs show. Does he still do that once a week, once every other week, even every when, other week, even once when every basketball other week. season's over? Is it over? podcast form or live form? Uh, it's tape delayed. Okay. <laughs> you covered the the population loss yes. that West Virginia's yeah. had over the, you, you did it in terms of how it affected politics, but that's, you know, West Virginia's fighting that in every one of these relegation conference realignment. You're, you don't have the population base. You're not going to get the population base. You're fighting that. So as we saw last time, that's why the winning is so critical yes. for West Virginia. That's what, that's what got you in the realignment. You, your brand was so strong yes. from the winning, Never mind the personal relationships and Don Neal and helping. It was the winning over decades that helped. That's why it's critical of all the reasons why it's critical to win. As you look down to the, the for, look forward in college athletics, you better have a strong brand in terms of W's and L's. I mean, I'm just, tr- I'm just trying to think our, our state population is 1.78 million. 
Okay. So that's bigger than that's got to be one of the smaller, if not the smallest state population wise that's in a power five. It is. I mean, why greatest return on it? No, there's no one else. No one else. This is the greatest return. This is the greatest. Nebraska's the only one in the ballpark and they're bigger. You're right. This is the greatest return on investment in division one sports. West Virginia is based upon its state population and the success that it's had. Greatest return on investment. There's no other school that can make the argument. Yeah. That's what this is. Um, I mean, you think of states that are smaller, but like Wyoming, North Dakota, South Dakota, Montana, yeah. none of them. They're not at that Idaho. Level. No power fives. No major power fives. Although, you know, Idaho is one of the fastest growing states now. Sure Idaho and Utah. It's a gorgeous, gorgeous state. Big fan of Boise. Oh, yeah. Well, but we had a great time in Boise. 98. They say it's changed a ton since we were there. All the Californians are moving in. Yeah, just beautiful. Uh, Ryan, P- parenthetically adds, my wife and I are hosting Father's Day at our house. We need a recommendation for catering, hopefully barbecue. Ryan, I don't know how big your wallet is, but here's my guess. You want, you, want, you want a Father's Day that will never be forgotten in your family when it comes to food? You call Old Smoke Barbecue, Luke Darnell. Morgantown native. He's in the catering business now. World champion. World champion barbecue guy. Old Smoke Barbecue. Or is it, is it Virginia Smoke? Old Smoke? Whatever. Luke Darnell. Look him up. Find him. I was in Austin for a family event. I had, I think I, did I text you, Tony or Brad? I, maybe I didn't. I had brisket that brought tears to my eyes. Drips of tears. Yeah. Wow. Made me cry. That good. Yeah. Normally, you are of the Darius Stills principle where you eat, eat a little bit to carry you through. You're much better at food management than Tony or myself. Did, did you suspend that discipline? And yes. just, you just went nuts. Didn't you? I ate a half pound. Yeah, very good. There you and go. it was good. eight good. ounces. Good. Eight, eight ounces. And the, the question was like, my wife says, what sides do you want? I said, I don't want a stinking sides. You I'm went just no going, sides? You went straight I, meat? I'm, I might have had a little coleslaw or something, but don't, don't fill me up with hush puppies because you don't get that brisket very often. I just want a half pound brisket. Hoppy, let me just say this. <laughs> I commend you for that. Thank you. But Brad and I are at a different level when it comes like my mom. I'm an amateur. I'm an amateur. My mom would give me eight ounces of you're, steak. You're much smarter though. My mom would give me eight ounces of steak mm-hmm. to see if it was done yet. <laughs> like, eat this, eat this, eat this half a pound here. And tell me if you think it's done. Then I'll give you the Fred Flintstone steak <laughs> that was just hanging over the plate. And then I will come back in from the top rope as the unquestioned of this panel side guy. Oh, yeah. Potatoes. Like if you put potato salad next to me with that barbecue, <laughs> I couldn't even get to the meat or I'd, well, I'd still get to the meat, but I'd be sick to my stomach because I'd eat six pounds of potato salad. Oh, really? I'm a big side guy. Oh, okay. Well, you should have been with us. You could have the sides and the meat. Zach in Pittsburgh, could the loss of Derek Culver help West Virginia's offense because they don't need to force the post, and can they instead rely on outside shooting, offensive rebounding, defensive transition? It's going to go that way. It's going to go that way. I don't know yet. We'll have to see. I get what he's saying there. I get what he's saying. I don't know if it is going to help, not going to help, but the style is definitely going that way. Yeah, I agree. Because Isaiah Cottrell, you can play five out now. You can. You could play five out if you wanted to play five out. Last question. I know we don't talk a lot about specialists, but Danny King seemed to have the better, stronger leg than Tyler Sumter Saturday. Any chance he gets the place-kicking duties if Staley isn't back? Field goals can change games and have so in the past. Good question. Very good observations. Danny King did have nice, 
nice bang off of his leg. It jumped. Yes. It jumped. You and I talked about that on your ride down to the boar hunt. That was one of the things we brought up. Yes, I thought in watching him that it, it, you could see it come off his foot a little bit differently. When you it think, jumped. When you think about it, you got four guys, right? Tyler Sumter could, mm-hmm. Casey Legg, mm-hmm. Evan Staley, and Danny King. You got four, yeah. which is unheard of unheard of and multiple of those guys have not only they're not only hypotheticals they've actually done it for you yes you've got some depth depth at the kicking position depth at the kicking position (laughs) well very important uh, well here think about this dude i was thinking about this this morning on my walk with uh sir charles we might be becoming right now within neil's build we might be kansas state bill snyder like, we may not be super flashy just yet if we ever get to be super flashy, but they just won by blue-collaring you, so you become really solid on special teams, you get a turnover, you kind of, you know what I'm saying, you do, you're not blowing people out, you're not wowing people, but at the end of the game, you didn't commit any penalties, you didn't turn the ball over, and you had two big special teams play, and you win the game, and you go like, okay, that's a W. I think you might be going into that mode. And so, yeah, to your point, that's why specials are so big. All right, three guys before the game has been brought to us by... Burdett Camping. You know, as I said, we went with Jimmy Dean from Burdett Camping. He was with us. And uh, just a delightful, delightful guy. Visit Burdett Camping in Winfield, BurdettCamping.com. They have a warranty forever on any RV that you purchase. Also, by the Mountaineer Athletic Club's Time to Climb campaign. You can donate by going to WVU Time, the number two, climb.com. Special thanks to Darius Stills. For joining us and to Dave Whitaker for an independent narrative and review of the much talked totally about objective. truthful too poor yeah. hunt mentioned that the thing was sleeping when you shot it <laughs> he did never said Not that. that I would say that he never said that we're back next week thanks for being with us Died for our producer <laughs> might not actually shot it might still been asleep <laughs> Tyler Kennedy. Is that ketchup on his Taylor. Name? What is it? Taylor Kennedy. Oh, yeah, that's right. Taylor Kennedy. Everyone knows him. Thanks again. Three guys before the game over out. If you only have a 401k, you're not getting the most for retirement. Wait, what? Add a Robinhood IRA on top, then they'll boost it by 3%. You can do that? And if you transfer in any retirement account, you get 3% on top of that. Is there a limit to the match? No limit. Robinhood Gold gets you the biggest contribution match of any IRA on the market. Sign up for Robinhood Gold at Robinhood.com boost by April 30th. Subscription fees apply. Investing involves risk. 3% match requires gold for one year from first match. Must keep IRA for five years. Match on transfers subject to additional terms and conditions. Robinhood Financial LLC, member SIPC.